From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the greater Nashville area, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. It's my great joy and privilege to welcome you, getting things started off here on Monday, right in the middle of November, and just excited that we can be here on this station five days a week, and I hope you join us as often as you possibly can. We're right now in the midst of a small series of messages that I'm doing on the people who said yes to God. Last week, we took five Old Testament characters and uh, noted how each one of them, in the circumstances in which they were involved, and they said yes to God, sometimes in times of great difficulty. Well, today we're going to look at a New Testament couple, yes, a couple, two people, and we're going to look at some New Testament characters all this week. And whenever we get that done, I'm going to make some application of this for the kind of folks now that uh, need to be making application of this same truth. And I think we're going to have some good things out of this. So today we're going to be looking at, as you might have guessed when I said a couple who said yes to God, right in the beginning of the New Testament, we run into a couple named Mary and Joseph. And we're going to look at their story now because we are looking at a very, very special event and two very, very special people. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Now we looked at some Old Testament people, adult people, people who were already into ministry, people who were signing up for ministry, and one by one they said yes to God. Here in this passage, we're introduced to a young couple. They are at the point where they are adults, but they are young adults, and uh, they have committed themselves to each other to be married at some point down the way. And before they are married, she comes up with a child in the works. I mean, she's pregnant, and uh, that brings on some unusual considerations. Now, let me just remind you, this is all about the birth of the Lord Jesus, and I need to remind you that from time immemorial, from ancient times, 700 plus years before, God had already announced that he had a special plan for this. And you may remember that announcement. It's very clearly revealed in Isaiah chapter number 7, in verse 14, where it says, Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign, talking about the Messiah and the coming Savior. And it says, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And we learn in another place that that word Emmanuel simply means God with us. So the Lord promised through Isaiah the prophet that when he sent his son, sent the Messiah, sent the Savior, that he would be birthed from a virgin and that he would in fact be God. Not just sending some prophet, not just some man, but he is sending God the Son to be the Savior. So we have all of that stated very clearly as God's plan many hundreds of years before this event here with Mary and Joseph begins to unfold. But let me go ahead and read some more here in Matthew chapter 1, verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, 
being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. Now, let it be noted, things were done a little bit different in those days than uh, what we do them now. Whenever they were espoused, that is, we would call it being engaged, they were so committed to each other that they treated one another in many ways like husband and wife. And so that's the reason why the terminology here is so pointed. But then in verse 20, it says, But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, and here it is, quoting Isaiah seven fourteen, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife. So what are we seeing here? Joseph said yes to God. When he was told what to do, that's exactly what he did. But he knew her not, verse 25 says, till she brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. So here we have these two young people that now then we look back and we accord them some real special honor. And we do so, I think, appropriately because they are the vehicles through which the Lord has made arrangements to get the Savior to the earth. Now, let's look at these one at a time. When Mary said yes to God, I need to remind you because there's a bunch of stuff that gets in the mix here that doesn't deserve to be in the mix. Let me just be pointedly plain about it all. Mary is not God. She is a human being. She is a lady. She is a virgin. She is a pure person. She is a good, godly person, but she is not God. Not only that, but she is not a co-redemptrix with Christ. There are those who would try to tell you that uh, she shares in the redemptive work of Christ. That is not the case at all. There is no justification whatsoever for that. In fact, that is an absolute lie if anybody tries to push that on you. Not only that, but Mary is not a mediator. That is, you are not entitled to pray to Mary. If you're praying to Mary, you might as well be praying to the wall. You might as well be praying to the dirt under your feet because Mary does not hear and answer prayer. That is not her role. That is not who she was. That is not who she is. She's in heaven now, but she is not playing any kind of a role like that at all. Now, one more thing here. Mary was not a perpetual virgin. I just read the passage. Once Jesus was born... She and uh, Joseph settled into a marriage relationship uh, with all of the privileges appertaining thereto, and they indeed went ahead to rear other children. In fact, uh, we have that recorded, that there were brothers and sisters. It's in the Bible, and uh, we want you to just simply know that uh, they went on and had a normal family following the birth of Jesus. But now, when Mary heard from the Lord, and it's recorded in Luke chapter 2, 
that the Lord spoke to her about this event and that she had been chosen for this assignment to be the birth mother of the Savior. And her response was, how can this be? I've never known a man. How can it be? And the Lord, of course, had a plan for that and allowed the Holy Spirit of God to make the conception take place. And all of that fell into place just as the Lord said it would. So Mary said yes. I mean, she could have bowed up her back and she could have said, no, we're not going to do this. This will be embarrassing. It'll just not work. But she did not do it. She said yes to the Lord, and we honor her because of the role that she played. Now, later on, they had to make a trip down to Bethlehem so that the birthing would take place there. And uh, all of that was arranged. Again, the Lord putting everything in place for that. And she said yes to that laborious trip when she was heavy with child. Uh, I mean, riding down uh, apparently on a donkey. And uh, that's maybe 60 or 70 miles from where they lived up in the Galilee. And it's just really amazing. But she said yes again. Now, let's look at Joseph for a minute. Joseph also said yes to God. Because uh, once it became known that his sweetheart, the lady to whom he was engaged, when it became known that she was with child, his first thought was, hey, something has gone wrong here. She has betrayed me. She's been unfaithful. And uh, so he thought at first he would put her away privately. But uh, when the Lord spoke to him and the Lord said to him, don't be afraid here. She has not done anything wrong. She has not betrayed you. She has not been unfaithful, but this child in her is conceived of the Holy Ghost. Listen, you got to give Joseph some credit here because he listened to the Lord and responded to the Lord and said yes to the Lord when it would have been real easy to have just taken flight and run from the whole situation. So what did he do? He said yes to the Holy Spirit's prompting. He said yes to Mary. He went ahead and took her as his wife and played this role out the way we read it here in the Scripture. And he did that in a faithful kind of a way because he was following the lead and the instruction of the Lord. So once again, not only did Mary say yes to the Lord, but Joseph said yes to the Lord. And by the way, it wouldn't be but just a little while until the intensity that Herod would create would be so dangerous that they fled down to Egypt. And when the Lord gave him instruction about taking off and going on to Egypt, here we've got a long, again, arduous journey for him and his wife and this newborn. And yet they did that. Joseph once again said yes to the Lord and went on down there to protect the life of the newborn. Now, Mary and Joseph, I've said it and I'll say it again, they are a special couple, and we honor them as a special couple. Now, we do not give them the kind of place that some people want to give them and make them into something that they're not. These are two normal human beings who live their life. They died at the end of their lifespan. They went to heaven, and they are in heaven, but they are not God in any sense of the word, and they're not playing some role like that. But they did play a great role and show us an example in marriage. They show us an example in their home life. They show us an example in raising their family. And there are lessons to be learned here. Now, this is a totally unique and historic situation that they're in. I mean, this has never happened before, and it's never happened since, and it's not ever going to happen again. But the fact is, there are still lessons that can be gleaned from this whenever you look at the two of them and see them, first of all, as partners. 
They made commitments to each other and commitments that they were faithful to follow. Joseph made a commitment to her, and Mary made a commitment to him, and they lived by those commitments. I mean, even when the circumstances appeared to be different, they were still living faithful to those commitments. And listen, whenever you make a vow, you make a commitment to someone that's going to be your spouse. I mean, that's the kind of thing that you, I mean, you sign on to that, and it ought to be the kind of thing that you just say in the light of the day or in the dark of the night. I mean, summer, winter, fall, and spring, whatever the case, wherever that you are, whatever's going on in the world, you are true to that. You give yourself devotedly to the spouse that you are committed to, and you commit yourself to the wife, to the husband that God has given to you. So we see them as partners, and we learn from them, and then we learn from them, too, as parents, because not only did they have Jesus, but then between the two of them, they had other children, and those other children made up a family, and they lived out their life working as parents, raising those kids, and doing the things that parents ought to do. You know, every family begins with the partnership between husband and wife, and then when the children come along, that special role of parents comes into play, and these two, they're good examples, and they help us to see the role that we ought to play. Now, let's say again, don't elevate Mary and Joseph wrongly. Don't put them in positions they don't deserve to be in, but it's a sweet story, and one that is punctuated by the fact that both of them repeatedly said yes to God. And you and I can do the same thing, dear friend. Well, tomorrow we'll look at another New Testament character that said yes to God and see how it played out in their life. I trust you'll be along with me then. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good rest of this day, and goodbye for now. Thank you.